0: You're listening to Chamber Chat on PeoriaLife.com.
1: All right, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Chamber Chat. I'm your host, Jeff Griffin, President and CEO of the Peoria Area Chamber of Commerce. You're on peorialife.com with Chamber Chat. Our guest today is Rob Byrne, HR practice leader at AIM. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. All right. Well, let's get right into it. AIM is is an organization I know many of our members are familiar with, but uh, some may not be. So, Give us uh, some background on, that, on what AIM is.
0: Sure. Um, AIM was founded in 1898, um, and we are an association of over 1,800 member organizations in Illinois and the St. Louis region. Um, we're dedicated to helping our members become stronger employers, and we do this by assisting them in developing and managing their people Um um, and people processes, um, our association supports the development of an elite group of employers that deploys progressive and comprehensive talent management solutions. Um, in short, we assist our members with hiring retention and the development of their staff. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a mouthful. You summarized it about
1: a <laughs> <laughs> hundred plus years of, uh, work in about 20 seconds there. Yeah. Uh, that, how long have you been with aim? Bob?
0: I've been there for, um, just about uh, five and a half
1: years. Five and a half years. So, Rob, the support services you give to your member organizations—you mentioned there's 1,800 of them. Mm-hmm. How does that? So, I, I'm a small business. I'm a large business. How do I get engaged with AIM?
0: Um, you get engaged by um, one wanting to um, just increase the talent level of the um, of your people. Um, you would contact us, become um, a member, um, and then we have a multiple. Um, a lot of different services that we can offer members depending upon what their needs are. Um, Everything from training and development to legal compliance. Um, I've done projects for organizations um, um, as small as coming in for a couple of hours to work with um, a manager on some coaching to running an entire HR department for six months uh, while they try and restructure and figure out what they want to do. So everything from, let's say, employee handbooks, affirmative action plans, um, employee surveys, um, all the way through the organizational development spectrum, uh, which is going to be more um culture strategy based okay. um so we we try to meet our members where they are um, in their business life life cycle and then provide services and support to help them get to the next level
1: all right so you mentioned you're you're uh, meeting members where they are do you, you work with uh employers with five employees up to how many
0: um we work with organizations um, as few as two employees up okay. to your fortune 10 you know for example Caterpillar and Boeing are members Okay. Um, um, So in those organizations are going to utilize our services in a lot of different ways. Um, Let's say you've got a 50 person manufacturing startup. Um, They're still trying to figure out how to deploy their people, whereas um, let's say Caterpillar or Boeing might use us for a specialty project. Um, so every organization is going to have a different need that we can try and meet them. I got you. So Rob, out of curiosity, what did you do before
1: you said you'd been with aim for five and a half years, mm-hmm. all of which in, in your role as HR practice leader.
0: Correct. So what did you do prior to that? Uh, before that I was the HR director for, um, a mid-sized um, auto dealer group. Um, he had, um, 18 dealerships between Florida and California. All right. Um, and then before that, um, I was in human resources for a company called compass group, uh, which, um, is an international, um, contract food service company but at the time when I left them uh, they were the ninth largest employer in the world wow all right
1: so what I'm driving at here and I think uh, uh, I was wondering what that answer would be if you told me you're a professional fisherman or something my next (laughs) question would make no sense you've been in the HR business for decades a little over 20 years okay that would qualify so you you are the brunt of jokes same as attorneys and so forth nobody likes to see HR attorneys show up no offense to any of our HR and attorney people similar to what I do what what has been um, what, what what is trending I and mean, what are the challenges? I see it all the time with art with the chamber of commerce members, uh, people that want to run a muffin shop, and now all of a sudden they got to deal with all the uh, maybe litigation or something associated with HR. So tell me about what what are some of the larger trends in the HR world?
0: I think one of the bigger trends is. Um, HR as an industry and a profession is being viewed, um, not just as that paper pusher administrative type of a person, but, but more of somebody who can help, help an, um, an organization advance their business. Um, they're moving away from just that legal compliance, make sure people get paid on time, um, all those, the, those functions are important, but they're also starting to realize, um, that HR can have an impact on the culture of their business. Um, more and more organizations are realizing that it's not just what gets done, uh, but it's how the work is getting done. That's actually more important. And that defines your culture. Right. Um, and that could actually become a competitive advantage for an organization. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we talk about culture and how things get done, um, HR is having an, an impact from how, how do we bring people into the business? How do we orient them? How do we train them? How do we appropriately compensate? Um, How do we manage their performance? How do we grow them? And then sometimes even how do we ask them to leave? all of that kind of defines the culture of, a, um, of an organization right and if managed appropriately can become a competitive advantage
1: I got you all right so again there's there's so much content to this and uh, uh, folks again this is Jeff Griffin in the chamber chat and our guest today is Rob Byrne uh, with with aim and aim provides a tremendous amount of resource uh, over a hundred years experience so whatever your need is for your um, your business aim can aim can adapt their programming to to, uh, to your needs. Um, you know, one of the, one of the trends we see, and I've been in management for quite quite a period of time and you know you can go to one presentation you have to adapt everything to the millennials and another one you better you better be aware of your 50 plus employees and especially in in between and I've supervised groups of 400 people and now I think you know we are we're like seven people with some interns and and using the chamber of commerce as an example I have millennials that are their that are employees and interns fresh out of Bradley University and what I'm noticing is um these people want to find value in what they do. Obviously, they want, well, want compensation fairly with, you know, with the marketplace and benefits and these sort of things. But there really is still that desire in these millennials to be part of something bigger than themselves and take pride in that work. So how do you avoid a, a, a business insulating that part of the world for making their employees happy while still protecting their rights and dealing with the outliers that may end up in litigation?
0: You want to talk about a mouthful that you just got I know, right? <laughs> I know. Everything, I'm sure
1: both of us could talk for all day about HR stories, successes, and nightmares. Yeah. But maybe specific to the, the millennial, my thing is, I think this millennial piece is overblown, that there's this is tough to manage group. I find them quite, a, I, as a 45-year-old manager, I find them quite energizing, and I learn a great deal from them, as much as I learn from a retired CAD executive, for mm-hmm. example. Well, absolutely. Maybe yeah. that might not be altogether true, but they, <laughs> they motivate me in, in different ways. And so just your, 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 perspective on that as the millennials continue to be absorbed into
0: the workplace. Um, I do agree with you that, the, um, that, it's been blown out of proportion, and I, I honestly um, have two or three conversations probably a week on this with different organizations. Um, in fact, just on Friday, I was with a large association. Uh, they were trying to figure out how to bring millennials in, and I just said, you know what, we need to uh, f- take a different look at how we approach our business. Mm-hmm. Um, but from my perspective, you know, it's um, do we approach people differently? Might there be different needs based upon how people were influenced in their lives? Sure. Um, I don't like to use the labels. Um, what it boils down to, from my perspective, is understanding people on a personal level. Um, and then, do we have the foundation of an effective work team? You know, for example, do we have trust? Right. Do we have a willingness to learn? Right. You know, things of that nature is really what's going to drive a business. And from my perspective, we need to stop with the labels.
1: I, you know, I couldn't agree more. Uh, last week, we had probably 20, 20 perspective. Peoria public school teachers here. They visited Peoria for an entire day. Uh, our young, the chambers, young professionals group spent part of that day with them, uh, with lunch and Q and a, and I sat in on a part of that and they are asking the same questions I asked when I moved here. What's there to do in town? You know, uh, when I have kids, what, well, I already have kids, but they were asking, you know, what, what the future was. And I was very impressed. Uh, I was very impressed with this group of, of, of young people. Um, So the Fair Labor Standards Act is something we wanted to make sure we got to, because I know that that is a priority right now. Tell me a little bit about that and what AIM's doing to help uh, your members.
0: Sure. Yeah, um, this one's huge. Um, The Fair Labor Standards Act was... Um, Some new regulations came out um, just this last Wednesday, so this is hot off the press. Um, The big way that this is going to be impacting organizations is um, one of the criteria that um, we can use to try and determine whether somebody is exempt from overtime or not um, is a salary threshold level. Um, There's a duties test and a couple of other things that we um, also take a look at. Uh, But one of the criteria is um, they have to make at least $455 per week in order to be paid on a salaried basis, which means that they're not subject to overtime. Um, the major provision um, of what was um, done last week was that floor was increased to $913 per week from 455 so almost doubled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what that means, in short, is that um, anybody in your workforce, it doesn't matter what they're doing, if they're managing people, um, technical expertise or anything else, if they earn less than 40, uh, $47,476 per year, They have to be paid on an hourly basis, which makes them subject to overtime. Right.
1: Okay. So here you, you answered this, obviously uh, just last week when this was rolled out, uh, this is an issue of the chamber of commerce. We've already done some seminars with our members to try to get them caught up. And uh, several news outlets reached out to me and uh, did some radio on this last week. And I was asked this question and it sounds like I answered it properly that uh, the, the, the earnings test trumps everything else.
0: Now with this, the, that's the first yeah. um, hurdle to right. get over. Exactly. Everything else comes after that. Yeah.
1: So the question I asked and uh, we, you know, Maybe the old number was too low, and obviously neither of our organizations want to see any employee abused by their employer. But what I was asking, and in uh, one of the debates I was in, if you have a $45,000 a year employee who maybe has a 50-hour week because they have a golf outing or they have a, a, a weekend event because they work at the children's home or Easter Seals or something like that, the next week they can't have a 30-hour week uh, and have an 80-hour pay period. You'd have to do overtime. So it creates these, these burdensome,
0: um, HR nightmares for small organizations to deal with. Am I right on that? That is correct. It, um, um, anything over 40 hours in one work week would be considered a right. uh, um, um, time and a half. So in your example, let's say you spend um, eight hours organizing a golf event on Saturday and you don't want to pay overtime during that same week, you'd have to um, give them some time off. Right. So they even out at 40.
1: Right. But I think what gets forgotten and this is, this is a topic, I, I'm, I'm sorry we have to deal with it, but it's an example for our listening audience, the Peoria Area Chamber of Commerce will work closely with aim to making sure our regional employers uh, are up to speed with this um, because when the government gets involved and overreaches a little too much what they forget about is some of these salaried employees are quite happy being salaried employees because if they need two hours in the middle of an afternoon to go see their child's play i you know they're they don't have this evil boss making them clock out during that time. And they have those flexibilities and there's a certain emotion that goes along with that. At least that's what I see. I don't know what,
0: what you see. Um, I see the exact same thing. There's there's a certain status going from an hourly position to a manager. Right. Um, It's a status. So now businesses have to try and figure out how to um, either take that away from people and say, you know what, now I've got to pay you by the hour, Mm -hmm. which often comes with a different benefit package. Exactly. Um, Or the organization is going to have to um, absorb a higher salary by getting them over that threshold. So that's what businesses are facing right now from the financial side of things. Um, And I'm working with organizations right now that might have 100 to 200 people under that 47,000 range. That mm-hmm. are technically a salaried person right now.
1: Right. And some of the organizations you're talking about um, may be multiple, multi-generational, very proud, they want good employees, they want a good benefit package. I don't know, I'm getting riled up. We only have a minute left on the show. <laughs> and PurialiLife.com Chamber Chat. This is Jeff Griffin with Rob Byrne of AIM. Uh, but people that know the work I do, and I don't want to you don't need to participate in this agreement with me, but you know, my dad used to have a line that the government could mess up a two-car funeral, and in some, and we work very closely with the government, but I think they're here to protect us, and and uh, and so forth, and and kind of stay out of the marketplace. And I trust people to make good employee decisions and employer decisions, and and let's educate those that are underemployed. And, and people want what's best for them and their family. It sounds like that's what your organization aims at as well. No pun intended.
0: No, at, um, absolutely. Um, our focus is to help organizations become better employers, um, in at the heart of any organization are the people that are in it. So right. um, anything that we can do to help um, employers become better in that arena, that's what, that's what we're here for.
1: Well, Rob, I, I appreciate you being on Chamber Chat with us here at PeoriaLife.com. I know, uh, having been a manager for decades, uh, how hard HR people work, uh, my experience with them has been mostly positive, and I'm uh, uh, sorry that some some in the world view it as a negative necessity, but uh, the HR professionals I work with and AIM as an organization have always been top-notch, and I appreciate the work you do. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. PeoriaLife.com.